You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Hope you had a fantastic weekend. Aaron and Jake hanging out in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. Jake, what's up with that, man? He's yawning already. What's going on there? Oh, no, I'm up, baby. I'm up. You look a little rough. I know you're on this wedding tour. How many <laughs> weddings have you been to this year? Too many. <laughs> Three, I think. Yeah? It's about, you're that age group, dude. Oh, I'm tired of it, Aaron. But, hey, I can't complain because it's not in fall. Yeah. No fall wedding. If it's a fall wedding, I won't be there. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, so let's go down that If path. it's a fall wedding, I won't be there. But uh, if you can have it in so the So the spring, clock's ticking. If you want Jake to come to your wedding, in. you got to have it coming up in the next couple months. Yeah, you got a, you got a, a short window. Big fan go. of weddings, aren't you? Huge fan. Yeah. Love them. The reception. Cry at every single one of them. <laughs> 888-993-7762. It's the Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline slash text line. Go to stuartshelby.com for a free quote. Plenty to discuss over the next two hours. Of course, we want to hear from you. Your biggest takeaway, your biggest story from this past weekend. Man, where do we start? Uh, should we start with ULM baseball? Uh, I just want to – let's start there because I want to ask this question. Yeah, you know, it's an old cliche. Baseball's a strange game. Oh, sure, yeah. Anything can happen. But you know what? Quite frankly, I think it's true. Oh, yeah. What other sport could somebody get beat 31 to what, 2 and then come back the next day and shut him out and win. 31-2, first of all, let's just go there. What is that equivalent to uh, for football or a basketball score? Well, if you're talking about football or basketball, I mean, how do I, like 66-3? to three? Football? 70-3, uh, I thought, yeah. yeah. Perhaps ULM Kansas State a couple of years ago, yeah. It's, anyway, the point is, we took a shellacking, okay? Yeah. But not only I, – I want to stress this. They gave up 31 runs in one game, yeah. but they shut them out in the other two yeah. games. In the other two they games. They got outscored for the series uh, 31 to 13, and they won the series. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and, and i got to say this, too. When you're – you know, a lot of people, I'm sure, got down, probably made some petty jokes after the 31-run game. But – he did say it happens in baseball. He did say it happens in baseball. But you got to give ULM credit for going back out there on Sunday and winning after giving up 31 runs. I mean, that shows that your team's gritty right there, the fact that you can put that behind you on the very next day and go out there and win. I text uh, Nick on Sunday morning. He was at the service with them as they were getting ready, of course, for that game. And Nick will join us, of course, at 8.30 for his weekly visit. And I just said, what's the psyche? What's the mood of the team like? And he said, they're ready to go. And certainly they, they were to come out and to win a game like that and to win it in dramatic fashion. Former West Washita standout Spencer Hemphill with a grand slam to win the game. Walk off grand slam. <laughs> Arkansas State, of course, uh, they had their fun. They had plenty of tweets going out there, all the records that they set on Saturday. But ultimately, they went back to Jonesboro with a series loss for the weekend. Yeah. It's it's incredible. It was an incredible baseball series, and I got to be honest, Aaron. You know, looking around, there were quite a few crazy baseball. Mm-hmm. Not as crazy as that. That was the craziest, but there were some odd series being played this weekend. Yeah, uh, you'll hear Nick's call and some other sound from uh, Hemp Hill, Hemp Hill, Spencer Hemp Hill, and Coach Federico here in a little bit. Other baseball news and notes from the weekend. 
How about Louisiana Tech? They are now 5-1 and one in conference play. They had to do it in dramatic fashion, or at least it was a long Sunday for them. They end up winning a 12-inning affair versus UAB. Yeah, and this was what I was hinting at. They scored six runs in the top of the ninth yesterday to win that game and to thus win the series because they were tied 1-1 heading into uh, Sunday. But ultimately, they take two wins on the road. And Connor Wells, by the way, that previous two ball games went seven for nine. Mm. Seven for nine. He was on fire. That was that. There was that offensive explosion we've kind of been waiting on. Uh, they are now 19 and seven on the year. The Diamond Dogs continue to play some great ball, and as I mentioned, uh, they are leading Conference USA. They'll jump back in action against uh, McNeese State on Tuesday. Road trip down to Lake Charles coming up for Louisiana Tech. And then you look a little bit further down, and you look at what happened to Grambling State this okay. weekend. If you add up the three games, and Grambling got swept this weekend, if you add them up, they were outscored 63-15. to 15. Ouch. Again, it can't be good for the uh, team ERA. No, it can't be good. But, again, you just chalked this up to what a weird weekend this was for our local baseball team. Kennesaw State got the best of Grambling. The good news for the Tigers, of course, that was not in league play, conference play. Now Grambling gets home, gets the opportunity to come back and have five games at home. LSU versus Vandy, we're expecting a pretty good series against two baseball heavyweights, and I, I think they provided that. It's just odd and a little bit perhaps a little disheartening the way it ended with a uh, shortened game on Sunday. Yeah, so they weren't able to finish the game Saturday. And so what happened was they re- – I believe it was in the eighth inning or ninth inning. They they restart. They resumed the game at ten o'clock yesterday morning, and so they finished that game. They wrapped it up and they turned around and played game three at noon. Well, because the SEC does not want you playing a certain amount of innings on a Sunday because of travel and whatnot. Let me stop you there. So, uh, do you believe LSU flies chartered? I'm sure they do. You know, I. You think they're going to be like uh, Louisiana? You think know. they're like Louisiana Tech and they're hopping back on a bus from Birmingham? I, you know, Aaron. I mean, I, I would presume that they would fly, but also baseball. You know, baseball is not like football. You know what I mean? Like, there's not as much money, even if it is even, L- LSU? even if it is LSU. I mean, maybe they. I, we're we're speculating at this point. Right. They could be riding a bus. I wouldn't be shocked if they got on a bus. Okay. All right. Continue. Anyway, Sorry. because of that. The SEC uh, decided that they would play seven innings in game three, and it's a shame because you've got an incredible pitcher's duel. I mean, Vanderbilt's guy, I can't remember his name, but he was outstanding. He was a freshman. And then LSU had Mikael Hillard, who's also a freshman, and that 12-6 to breaking ball was working. He was working Vanderbilt. The only run that happened in this game, Vanderbilt won the game one to nothing. It came in the first inning. Um and it was just boneheaded mistakes, and one of the mistakes being um, the catcher Hunter Fiducia and, and Mikael Hilliard. They they weren't on the same page on a certain call. Uh, Fiducia thought that he called for a changeup. Hilliard was thinking breaking ball, and thus uh, a pass ball scored Vanderbilt's only run in the ball game. But it was an incredible pitcher's duel. I would have loved to have seen that go to nine innings. And the good news for LSU. I mean, they played pretty well this weekend. And uh, Zach Hess did not have a great performance on Friday, but the rest of the pitching staff pretty salty for the I weekend. think, you know, I think most people are, are confident in Zach Hess now. And so what he did Friday only lasting 
three and a third innings against a, a really good Vanderbilt team. That's not that you know that's somewhat worrisome. But I think you're more so coming away from the series going. Caleb Gilbert and Mikael Hilliard were outstanding, and that's a bigger positive because you you have a feeling that Hess is going to bounce back. And so if, if that can you know continue to be pretty strong starting pitching, plus you add you know Labus and Stores to the mix, this team could be better off than maybe most of us thought because I still kind of looked at the pitching staff as a weakness for this team, but it's starting to round out, starting to improve. Hmm. How about that? We led with college baseball on this Monday morning. And when the Final Four is now set, this is what you got on Saturday around 5.09. We will have Loyola Chicago yeah. off against Michigan. The Wolverines uh, pegged as a really five-and-a-half-point favorite. And the other semifinal matchup has Kansas versus Villanova slated to tip around 7.49 or so. Uh, the line has yet to be set on that. We got to this Final Four with uh, these results. Villanova taking care of Texas Tech. Villanova just has been dominant in this tournament as a number one seed. They cruise over Texas Tech. Not exactly a pretty game, to say the least. Kansas versus Duke. This is what everybody wanted to see. Certainly CBS. They just didn't want it to go into overtime. But they do get the uh, Jayhawks to win by four over the Dukies. That was a thrilling ball game. We'll get to that in a second. Michigan over Florida State, 58-54. And, of course, Loyola over Kansas State, 78-62. to yeah, so I I, did, I, wasn't, I was not able to watch the Louisville Chicago game because I was at the wedding. But Dominant boy, performance. Boy, I was following it on my phone, yes. and it was a celebration yes. when they won. This was not a squeaker form like they've had in the previous no, games. They absolutely jumped out on them, and I've, I've watched the highlights, of course, since then and read about it. But uh, this team's just good, man. Mm-hmm. I think I think we we get caught up in a lot of different things. Well, this happened or this happened. Why don't we just give them credit? They're a really good team. And they've they proved in the tournament. By the way, one of the biggest stats from the weekend was the fact that they are now 13 and four in tournament play, which is the best win percentage in the history of of uh, college basketball tournaments. So I thought that was amazing. If you have sister Jean fatigue, you are in trouble because Uh-oh. you're about to get hit over the head the two by four for the <laughs> remainder of the week. Well, you've already been hit a few times, so maybe you'll be numb to it. She has given her blessing, though, to Loyola to license her name and image for all merchandise from here on out. You're going to see plenty of it. But, you know, should, should we get to the Michigan-Florida State, the mm. end of that game? This was crazy. Um Forget what happened in the game for just a second. Let's talk about the the direct end. So, Michigan is leading 58 to 54, and there are 11 seconds left. And Florida State chooses not to foul in that moment. You can't come back from that deficit in 11 seconds. Okay, so <laughs> this is what's crazy is we just did craziest moments yeah. in March Madness history. We yeah. have several examples that we could pick from that list yeah. to to show uh, Coach Hamilton, but. The whole what, – what draws people into March Madness is anything can happen yeah. and these dramatic endings. Ah, just throw in the towel. Season's over. Yeah. Threw no reason to fight it out to the end. Threw in the towel. And so what's crazy about this is, A, none, you know, I think we all disagree. I think we all would have fouled in that moment. Yeah, it's a still low percentage chance you're going to win, but you still got to play it out. Who knows? They could miss some free throws and you could hit some three-pointers and end up – Overtime. If you did not see it, uh, Michigan, obviously the final score, 58-54, 11 seconds to go. Florida State opts to not foul at the end. Game expires. Uh, Leonard Hamilton has an interview with Dana Jacobson, and you'll hear from it or her. You'll hear that interview later in the show. 
It didn't go well. He has since offered a little bit of an apology or at least offered some kind of explanation what was going through his mind during that interview. Yeah, and listen, even if you think it's over, even if you think, well, we can't hit a basket anyway, you you still got to do it. I feel like there's – in other sports, a lot of times, you'll see coaches call timeouts. Like football, they'll call timeouts at the end when really there's no chance of coming back. But they do it just to appease fans, I feel, sometimes, right? Just just to – you know, so you don't have to hear the backups. Why didn't you call a timeout? Well, realistically, we weren't going to win that game. But even if they go down and make two free throws, you're still down, down by six. six. You come yeah. down, you knock down a three pointer, then perhaps there's a turnover, or perhaps and now you follow again with what three seconds to go or so. You got to give yourself a chance, exactly. at least a ray of hope. And we've seen people come back from. Worse. And how many times have we? done percentages on this show in the last three four months this was the percentage of chance that they had to win at this Uh point in the game and they always figure out a way or every once in a while every blue moon something like that zero two percent chance and they come back and win yeah i mean duke it looked like they were dancing into the uh, final four grayson allen's got the ball in his hands and how that shot did not go down it touched every part of that rim, it felt, man. That was unbelievable. We talked about Wayman Tisdale's shot against Louisiana Tech uh, last week and the anniversary of that game and how it touched every part of the rim and went in. Grayson Allen's shot does not go in for the Dukies. It does not, and so then they go to overtime, and Malik Newman from Jackson, Mississippi, went off. He carried them in that overtime for Kansas to win that game. I will say this. I thought the the difference in that overtime – was the Wendell Carter foul call. I thought he was in position to take that charge. Of course, Coach K and everyone else did as well. Uh, the referee didn't see it that way, and Wendell Carter fouls out. And I thought of you, Aaron, because we always talk about what's fair play, you know, showing showing kids crying and, and, and all that. And they they got him on the bench. And it was hard to watch. You know, he, he crumbled right there just started sobbing because his career, his career was over because, you know, we know he's going to the NBA draft. But – uh. Yeah, that was that was hard to take because at the end of the day, I thought it was a charge. And everybody always says Duke gets all the calls. Well, they didn't get the call there. Other headlines from this weekend. If we missed one or two, hit us up at 888-993-7762. It was a big weekend in high school baseball. Two important series that we were keeping close tabs on. I don't know if you call it a series now that they've gone just to two games, but uh, West Monroe versus Ruskin. It's still a series. Um West Monroe, of course, we, we talked about their 4-3 to three win last week, but they come back Saturday and just flex their muscle with an 11-1 to one victory. Uh, I know Tom Biggs, uh, Caden Pierce, and uh, Chase Dejan each recorded three hits in that game. So they just had an offensive explosion in that game to win that series. And West Washita, after mm-hmm. Neville rallied to win the first game, West Washita comes back, wins the second game 11-7, to seven, and then the third game, the rubber match, was played at West Washita. It goes 10 innings, and Thomas Wilhite delivers the walk-off hit to give West Washita the victory and the series. I know this wasn't on your radar, but I thought it, uh, it's certainly noteworthy. Uh, down in, uh, in terms of horse racing, of course, everybody continues to mourn the death of Tom Benson. Gail Benson now gets ready to go to the NFL owners meeting, but Tom Benson had a horse named uh, Lone Sailor, finishes second. Uh, now qualifies for the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, obviously, it's cool for obvious reasons. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, not a big horse racing guy, but I can get behind that story. It's the second time in three years that uh, Tom Benson's uh, horse racing uh, team has qualified for the Kentucky Derby. 
I got one more note, uh, local softball. I talked with uh, Coach Whitman from Washtenaw Paris before this week happened. He said, I just hope we don't go 0-5 because mm. they had a, a really big schedule. They go 5-0. and They beat Parkview Baptist. They beat John Curtis. They beat Mount Carmel. They beat Pineville. An incredible week uh, mm-hmm. for Washtenaw Paris just padding that resume. But now it doesn't get any easier as they'll square off against Ruston tomorrow. It'll be a, a revenge game for them, a, a Lady Bearcats team that yeah. beat them earlier this exactly. year. Exactly, a very good Ruston team. So uh, that, should be, that should be a fun one. Sky Text also, Mangum sweeps Ravel in three games. There you go. Hit us up, edit at 993-7762. It's all part of the starting lineup. Brought to you by Louisiana Pancare. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. There's no crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. So I looked this up just to make sure I had the date right. April 1st, 2015, Loyola of Chicago was at Fan Ewing celebrating a CBI championship. How the times have changed. Now, literally three years later, they have an opportunity to win a national championship. It's incredible. It's, it's such a fun story. Keith Richard will join us, ULM's head basketball coach, at 7.30 to discuss the Cinderella story. Also put a recap on ULM's season. We look forward to catching up with Coach at 7.30. Also, Coach Jack Thigpen will join us at 8 o'clock with news and notes from the tournament. Nick White still has a voice after the weekend, at least we think he does. He will join us at 8.30 for his weekly visit. 888-993-7762. We're off and running on this Monday morning. No balls, two strikes on Spencer Hemphill, the senior, out of West Washita. Kirby comes set and the pitch. High fly ball in the left field. Going back on to Casey Vaughn. He's at the warning track. He's at the wall. This one is gone. A grand slam. Home run for Spencer Hemphill. And the Warhawks win it. They walk it off with a grand slam home run by Spencer Hemphill. Four to nothing. The Warhawks win over Arkansas State. How about that? And they bring the water bucket out. To dump on Spencer Hemphill. What a moment for the senior out of West Washita. His third home run of the season. A grand slam walk-off winner for Spencer Hemphill. The Warhawks take the series from Arkansas State as they win four to nothing. Warhawks delivered. Nick delivered on that call. Good stuff there, courtesy ULM Radio Network. Grand slam to win a series. Yeah. A series that you lost game two by a score of 31-2. to two. Well, You have two shutouts in this series. I know. That's what that's what I keep going back to. That's, <laughs> that's what is crazy the most to me, the fact that there were two shutouts and you gave up 31 runs in another one. Yeah, I don't drink. Uh, I encourage drinking for college students. I was about to say, you don't drink? After you give up 31 runs. And I was like – does the other team celebrate more, or after you give up 31, does that drive you to drink? Uh, that probably drives you. <laughs> want to forget that as quick as possible, yes. So if you're the Arkansas State coach, how do you handle the situation? Hope we have some offense for the next day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, same yeah, that sounds like a coach. That was good, Jake. <laughs> we should have saved some of the runs for, for tomorrow. <laughs> was, that, was that good? No. Okay. Uh, I got it. I'm sorry. I make a mistake every once in a while. It was 31 to seven. I apologize. You know, I kept thinking it was 31 to seven, <laughs> but I was like, he probably just looked at it. But yeah. 
Nobody pays attention to the the other streets. No, all the thirty one. You remember the thirty one? <laughs> you just see that single. Sorry, thing. ULM. I shortchanged you there a few runs. <laughs> all right, Spencer Hemphill, the former uh, West Washita standout, after the game on the Grand Slam, being the hero. Uh, I was just looking for a pitch up in the zone, a drive. You know, not trying to do too much. Just trying to, you know, get a run home to get us a win on the on Sunday. And luckily, we got four. You know, how, how crazy is baseball? You give up 31 runs yesterday, you uh, don't allow a run today, and it comes down to a game-winning grand slam. Uh, you know, anybody can be beaten on any given day. And, you know, our guys, they showed up to the yard ready to compete. We didn't even think about last night. We just showed up ready to compete, and we did that today. Huge win. Got to feel very happy for him. And, and listen, it really is amazing to be able to put that behind you and go out there and compete and shut them out. Shut them out after you gave up 31 runs. That's that's a testament to that pitching staff. That's a testament to this team for being a gritty bunch, a mentally strong team. And a lot of credit has to go to the coaching staff to get this team back up Absolutely. and ready on Sunday. And, of course, a lot of that goes to uh, Michael Federico. Here's Coach after the win. If you had to sum up the series in one word, how would you sum it up? Crazy. <laughs> Nothing but crazy. I've never seen anything like that again. We made pitch after pitch on Friday. Uh, O'Laughlin works out of some jams today and, and, and you know hangs a bunch of zeros. And then uh, the responsibility of our bullpen does a great job. And then yesterday, I mean, they just they hit balls hard all day. I mean, it was it, it was one of those things where we weren't walking a lot of guys. They were just they were just pounding out hits. It was crazy. It was crazy. It was, indeed. You'll hear from Nick White coming up at 8.30. Plus, we got some more sound from uh, Coach Federico later in the show. Got a couple of odd headlines that we weren't able to get to. The first is, did you see this, how Dominican Sue, he was offered apparently his biggest offer by the Jets, and then the Jets rescinded the Mm -hmm. offer. They said it wasn't in their um, overall big plan picture. But uh, I just thought that was interesting, the fact that they would offer him more money than everybody else and then decide, ah, you know what, we, we probably shouldn't do this. I thought you were going to go with the headline with uh, Michael Bennett being charged with a felony. You just leave that up to Clay Travis. Well, as soon as I saw that headline on Friday, I wanted to send it to you. and said, oh, <laughs> Clay Travis is drooling all over himself. He now has material for the next month. Exactly, yes. Um, I, I, I figured we wouldn't, you know, revisit that with our audience since they have to listen to it <laughs> for the previous hour. Uh, my other odd headlines, and Aaron, even you saw this. Uh, this is an MMA headline. Yeah. This guy in LFA, which is a sm- much smaller MMA organization, his name is Drew Chapman, and he wins by KO, mm-hmm. right? That's a great debut. He goes viral, but he doesn't go viral because of his knockout. Mm-hmm. He goes viral because of what he does afterwards. But the guy knocked out, he does a celebratory front flip on him. Mm. He does like a little somersault on him and then immediately gets disqualified and loses his win. Mm. (laughs) I just thought that was so stupid. And, of course, it goes viral because of how dumb it was and the fact that he ruined his own debut. Well, I don't know. So, ultimately, the way you millennials think and and the number of clicks and the views, that it probably worked out well for him. No, no. He's got more followers now. I mean, I said his name, but... I said, but he—he's just lucky. He he's seriously associated. did not injure his opponent. Yes. With a, not the knockout, but of course, what took place after the knockout. He, he's associated with being an idiot. So I guess if that's a win in his book, then good for him. 
Uh, did you see the, the day that this kid from Central Baptist had, uh, I think his name is Austin Kijinski, if I mispronounced his name, I apologize, Austin. They were playing Hannibal Lagrange University. In a doubleheader, this kid had six home runs and 16 RBIs. Wow. He had two grand slams in the doubleheader. Game one, he was three for four, three home runs, six RBIs. He did not rest on his laurels in game two, three for four, three home runs, ten RBIs. That is not only a day, that is a career for most. Yeah, not to put you on the spot, but do you have final scores from those games? Uh, one of them, no, because I'd probably get the score wrong like I had the yelling <laughs> game right. <laughs> one of them was like 23 to 5. Okay. Or maybe it's 23 to 7, I don't know. <laughs> and then uh, this needs to be pointed out, uh, Chelsea Fagan, a former star at Bastrop, she continues to tear it up for uh, Bossier Parish Community College. So she's leading the country right now in home runs, 26. Wow. She leads the country in RBIs also with 62. So congratulations to her. 26 home runs. Have they even played 26 <laughs> games? My goodness. There you go. That's all I got for odd headlines. Okay. Well, well done. Thank you. I'd Leave it to you to bring in MMA. Well, I mean, there's a, a guy knocks him out and does a front flip on him. Yeah. I mean, what an idiot. Mm-hmm. I had to nominate him for idiot of the week. Got a couple idiots of the week. You remember that uh, segment that you debuted yeah, yeah. and then we just never revisited? <laughs> yeah, that was like two weeks ago and yeah. it hasn't come back since. It's Maybe this our, will be the week. It's one of our strongest. I mean, it, <laughs> it might be up there with the Winter Minute, Winter Olympic Minute. Uh, that and, of course, the movie reviews where you try to tie it in. Oh, don't you bury that. 888-993-7762. It's the Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline slash text line. By the way, on uh, Friday night, I met a big fan of yours, so. Oh, really? She mentioned your name? Didn't know I had fans. You're doing a fine job, she said. Okay. She liked the movies. She did not mention the (laughs) movies. Well, then I'm not appreciative. (laughs) Morning Drive returns after this. Keith Richard, ULM's head basketball coach, joins us after the break. Let's continue to break down March Madness, and a guy that knows it certainly a lot better than we do, ULM head coach Keith Richard, joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. How are you doing this morning, bud? I'm doing great, Aaron. Coach, I got some uh, Warhawk questions coming up here in a little bit, but I wanted to start with a story that has captured the hearts of uh, fans across the country, and that involves uh, Loyola of Chicago, a program that you know quite well, while the rest of the country did not know anything about them. First of all, are you surprised for their success in this tournament and to be in the Final Four? Well, yeah. Uh, it, I think that, uh, you know, just in general, you know, for – a mid-major to you know make it all the way to the final four uh it's it's not the norm you know you every year you you see march madness and you'll see an upset in the first round or or even you know maybe a mid-major get to the sweet 16 and you know it's a big story but but to get to the final four now that is some some serious uh, uh accomplishment uh by by loyola chicago uh, it doesn't happen very often to ought to get that far. Obviously, they've been uh, the uh, you know the surprise and uh, really captured everyone uh, that's watched the tournament. I looked it up. April first, two thousand fifteen. Of course, they were at Fan Ewing and they win that CBI championship against you guys. I understand the majority of the rosters changed. They brought in a couple of JUCO guys and also some transfer players. But at the time, you, I guess, could see a program that was pretty good at that time and was on the rise. Well, sure. They, you know, one of the kids that uh, was a freshman on that team is one of their starters right now, and uh, and it is a you know different 
different, uh, many different players uh, that played in that game in Fant Ewing as opposed to right now. Uh, but a lot of the same uh, sets, and and I remember guarding them uh, or having to try to guard them in those two games that, that we played against them, and we had a hard time. It was a difficult time guarding them. <clears throat> they really ran the on-ball screen stuff very well. The, you know, the floor was spread, and, and I, I remember we had to change the way we guarded them there to uh, – coming back home we had to change it up and because uh, we're just struggling and so as I as I see them uh, play now running a lot of the same stuff but with even more skilled players than they were than they had back then and uh, I'm gonna tell you Aaron they are really good offensively I mean watching the Kansas State game yesterday I thought throughout that whole game they got better players they got they got better players the ability to dribble, pass, and shoot better than Kansas State. And so I'm not surprised they, they won that game. Coach, does this hammer home the point, or two questions. First of all, if you just find the right pieces, you've got to get a little lucky, obviously. But if you can bring in a transfer or two, hit on Juco's, and then, of course, put that with the, the nucleus that you've already built, that magic can happen in college basketball with one of these mid-majors? It's why we play. You know, it's why we coach. It's why we Try to put teams together uh, every year. You hope that you know one year you're going to catch lightning in a bottle, and and you're going to have this really good team that can uh, not only make the tournament but advance and, and all that. I think any uh, any team at the mid major slash low major level uh, always thinks about that and always you know hopes that they can find the right combination. Uh, to do those kind of things. And, uh, you know, that's what kind of keeps you going from year to year. Do you think this will help change the discussion with mid-majors getting more at-large bids compared to some of these power conferences? I do not. <laughs> I do not. I think that's a, I do not. I think that thing is set up where uh, it's just is going to be the power five conferences and a lot of one-bid bid, bid leagues. The way they have the formula set up to select the teams, it's almost impossible uh, to get an at-large bid. Uh, the way you know they're looking at the whole schedule now and, and putting weight on what you do early, and and, and you know the mid-majors can't play the schedules. They, it's got to be on the road, you know, and so it's just it's tough. Uh, and so I don't think it'll change, but it's sort of nice to see. Uh, quote-unquote, one of us uh, make it all the way to the Final Four. And, you know, Porter Moser, I'm real happy for him, Aaron, because i tell you how far I go back with him. He was the coach at Arkansas Little Rock when I was first, uh, when I was a coach at Louisiana Tech uh, back in the early 2000s. We were in the same league. We were in the Sun Belt together. And uh, uh, he was at Little Rock for two or three years, and then he went on to Illinois State. Got fired there, ended up as an assistant at uh, St. Louis uh, with Rick Majerus for four or five years and then got the, uh, you know, this job here. And so I've known him a long time, and uh, it's kind of gla- nice to see one of us, so to speak, uh, make it that far. Do you remember Sister Jean? Did she make an appearance at family? <laughs> I don't remember her, but obviously she, obviously she was in the background and had a little something to do with those two wins against us. <laughs> 
Uh, is it safe to say that you'll be rooting for them? Uh, or what do you think of their chances to win this whole thing now? I think all four teams, this is what's crazy. And it just, you know, kind of reinforces what you already know, but it's all four of these teams are serious, have some serious offense. The ability to dribble, pass, and shoot. The offensive numbers on all four of these teams uh, is tremendous. It, uh, you, you can look at their offensive field goal percentage. Look at their three-point field goal percentage and and uh, their sister turnover ratios. Uh, this is this is some serious offense, offensive teams in in this Final Four. And I think Loyola Chicago is, uh, you know, in their own way, uh, is just just as good offensively as as these other teams. So, uh, you know, I think they have just as good a chance. Michigan, big time offensive team. Villanova, big time offensive team. Kansas, did you see yesterday's game? Big time offensive team. So, maybe it's going to be the team that plays a little defense. I don't know, but. Uh, uh, they certainly uh, are worthy of being there. They they have uh, a very very high skill level team shooting the three or layups. I know they had some stats yesterday that it's phenomenal what they're doing from the three point line and then layups. And uh, uh, so the answer is yes, they have a legitimate shot to win this thing. Coach Keith Richard joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. Coach, when you're watching the tournament, do you allow yourself to watch it as a fan? Are you uh, using your coach's eye critical of certain things or trying to see different things that they run? Well, I, I both. I uh, I mean, I'm, I made mention, you know, you talk about Loyola Chicago. I was telling my – I stopped it on my TV essay and I showed Lance, my son. I said, you see this little, little action right here? They, they run a, a version of the old dribble drive offense. They've got some actions in there. They keep the floor spread. And there was one little thing that they did that they continue to do uh, throughout the game that uh, I told Lance, I said, I'm gonna, look, look at this right here. I, I'm going to put that in next year. And so, yeah, you know, I, I, I do watch it from a coaching perspective uh, and then, you know, also, you know, as a, as a fan too. All right, so uh, you're down by four with 11 seconds to go in a game and you tell your guys not to foul. A reporter comes up and asks you the question immediately after the game. How do you handle it, Keith Richard? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, they stick that mic in your, in your face after an emotional loss. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, so I, I can, I can understand him. I mean, yeah. I would have, I would have fouled, you know, I mean, I want to keep yeah. it going too, but, but sometimes, you know, the emotion of the games, and I, and I know I've been there numerous times, you know, you get a mic stuck in, 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 in your face and you're still upset and you're still, your mind's racing and, and, uh, and, you know, somebody asks you something, a question, and you think it's stupid at the moment, <laughs> you know, you just, <laughs> you just kind of react, you know. And, I mean, we're all, we're human beings, you know. We're not robots. And uh, uh, and so, you know, I think he just got caught up kind of in the moment and, and uh, you know, probably didn't answer that properly. And, and you know, and uh, uh, it, it, it it uh, it's just kind of one of those things that happen, and uh, and and it happens, you know, from time to time in, in coaching. All right, coach. Let's uh, discuss a little bit about your season and where the Warhawks are going from here. Uh, you look at this season overall. Did you consider it a success? Absolutely, I I, I do. Uh, I did. Uh, I think that uh, it was a 
that it uh, showed that, uh, you know, our program is on the upswing again. Uh, we had a very similar season to this one about four years ago, four or five years ago before we had the two 20-win seasons. Uh, a season very similar. Uh, that, that team uh, took a step forward. Uh, we were coming off all the APR stuff at that time, and we took a step forward with that team which kind of led us into the next two years. I think this team did the same thing in, in a relative kind of way. Uh, you know, we lost all those good players two years ago. Last year, tough year. This year, we take, we take, another, we take a step forward again and uh, have, have a decent year, a good solid year, which I believe is a, a setup for us to maybe, you know, go on another run here. I believe that, and I think that's what this this team did for us. I think that we've got a core of players that are returning along with some recruiting uh, that, uh, you know, we have a real chance moving forward here. Yeah, of course, uh, you look at that core coming back with Earl and, and Money's at the top of the list. Who are some of the players coming in that you think have bright futures? And I know you had a, a kid transfer in that big things are expected out of well, Travis, you mentioned it. it's going to be Travis' senior year. Travis is real, you know, he's had a really nice career so far, and he's going into his senior year. We're going to get the best of him next year. I believe that. And uh, and then, you know, Mike Earl, uh, freshman of the year, first one we've, ever, we've had in the Sun Belt. Obviously, it's nice to have him back. Uh, you mentioned uh, we have a transfer sitting out. Uh, Deshaun Smith from Wichita State practice with us every day. Going to be a really good player. Uh, you know, I have a uh, big Sam Alabaca's got better again uh, this year toward the end of the year, the last half of the year. He did that his freshman year. He, he'll continue to grow. Signed a wing player uh, early on uh, out of Tallahassee. He's a UAB transfer. Uh, had a phenomenal year in junior college this year. Uh, he's going to add. And then, you know, cause we've got numerous commitments, you know, that uh, guys we're going to sign uh, this spring. And so we got a chance here. I believe it now. We, we really got a chance uh, to do some good things if we can, uh, you know, add the right pieces here in the spring and recruiting. Coach, I know there's a lot of negatives with the number of transfers now in college basketball. How has that changed the landscape of the game? It's changed it tremendously. Uh, you have to acknowledge that transferring is part of a part of college basketball now and not – and not fight it, so to speak. Uh, it's a big part of uh, its change. You know, it's not like it was 20 years ago, you know. And uh, 20 years ago, a kid transferred uh, either by his doing or by the school's uh, doing, you know, is a bad kid. You know, something's wrong with him. And, and, and it's not like that at all anymore. Kids are, uh, there's been over 700 the last three years in a row transfers. And it's heading that way again. I saw the other day it's already over in between uh, two and three hundred maybe, and we hadn't even got going good yet. And uh, it's a part of it: grad transfers, transfers in general, uh, transfers to junior colleges, and then back out. It, it, it's a it's a part of college basketball now. And uh, you know, I think you need to accept it, understand it, and 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 be a part of it, and be a part of it. I mean. Louisiana Lafayette, uh, just take them as an example in our league. They had three transfers sitting out before this season. And uh, uh, look what they 
you know, did with their team and, and what they what they brought to their team, to their core uh, that they had coming back. And, and uh, you know, you mentioned Loyola Chicago, one of those kids that's transferred from Iowa State, you know, and you can just go down the road, you know, and uh, it's a it's a big part, and of uh, and you can either, you know, fight it or embrace it and get in the game. And uh, you know, we're we're trying to get in the game as we speak. So uh, I think it's a big part of college basketball now. One final question, Coach, and we'll be remiss not to ask it. Of course, the news coming out that you will be making a trip to LSU next year. I guess this is one of those attractive uh, away games for you guys and a money game that you were excited to get on the schedule for next year. Yes, playing them at the end of uh, December. Uh, <clears throat> very excited about it. Uh, you know, going down to Baton Rouge, obviously they're, they've got one of the best recruiting classes coming in in the country. I think they're in the top five, and and, uh, you know, we think we're going to have a good team. So, uh, you know, anytime LSU uh, uh, wants to play or, or can't or we can play them, uh, you know, it's obviously it's a it's a no brainer for us. And uh, to go down there and play them, it's a short trip. It's, uh, you know, a lot of publicity within the state for playing, you know, playing against them. And uh, uh, we got a good relationship with uh Coach Wade and his staff, and uh, we know those guys uh, have known them, you know, for a while now, and and so uh, we're excited about it, and uh, it'll be a good way for us. To, uh, we start conference play after that. It'll be a good kickoff uh, for us, a good way to end the year, and uh, you know, hopefully, uh, we can play well. Coach, as always, I appreciate the time. Thanks for the insight. Okay, thank y'all. Keith Richard, ULM's head basketball coach, some good stuff there. Some great stuff, but didn't remember Sister Jean. <laughs> yeah. Didn't remember well, Sister Jean. He was Jean. a little preoccupied. Yeah, I guess that. he was a little busy, yeah, right? Yeah. He had a job to do. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. It's the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline slash Text Line. Go to StuartShelby.com for a free quote. Let's take a timeout. Let's play uh Leonard Hamilton's uh remarks oh, yes. coming up after the break. Did he handle it right? Or was the reporter over the line? Dana Jacobs. We'll debate it after the break. Got some text on the Stuart Shelby text line. Uh, Randy says Coach Richard has the best fist bump in the Sun Belt. Trent lets us know who his national championship game pick is. LC versus Villanova. Can't wait. I like that. I like that prediction there. Yeah, that would be Kiss fun. of death right there. Yeah. But, I mean, you got to like the Loyola's chances against, of Ooh, course. I don't know, the hottest team in the country, Michigan? Yeah, but, I mean. On the flip side, I think Villanova, the way they've been rolling through the tournament. Are you I like, saying rather Michigan? Well, than, uh, yeah, I like I Villanova. Know, and then Michigan, I mean, I don't know. I think Loyola Chicago, you, you didn't get an opportunity to watch them the other night against uh, Kansas State. They, they were good. I mean, I get. I, I said they're good. I yeah. mean, I understand they're a good team. But I'm talking about Michigan, who is, what is it, 13 in a row mm-hmm. now? I mean, they – and listen, the Big Ten was nothing to sneeze at. Mm-hmm. What they did – and that Big Ten tourney and, you know, carried it over. I'm just saying, it's it's not – all of these matchups are tough, I think, you know, for different reasons. But Michigan, yeah, well, I'm, I'm interested. If Loyola can get by, past Michigan, I would be down for a Villanova matchup. Kansas would be probably – you think Kansas or Villanova would be a prettier matchup as far as, like, getting more ratings and when you're talking about the top dog going against the underdog. I think at this point they're in good shape with all the matches. The other thing is that, of course, the championship game will not be on CBS this year. Really? Yeah. It's on CBS? CBS. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. 
Huh. Not good. No, I don't understand that. <laughs> it's one thing to take the selection show yeah, yeah, off yeah. of it, but, but to take the title game. Yeah, that's interesting. Not a big fan of that. That is a uh, – I'm trying to think of why they would do that. Well, because TBS, TNT, True TV, they got a lot of money. Turner Sports invested in this thing, so they wanted a little bit of the slice of the pie. Mm. Why should they have to do all the heavy work or carry all the, the other matchups and then not get a piece of the championship game? Man. I think uh, we'll look it up. I think it's like once every three years now, perhaps. Okay. Yeah. Well. And anybody else find it comical how quickly or how fast CBS wanted to get out of that coverage <laughs> last night of uh, a great game, Kansas versus Duke? But of course, they had the big thing coming on 60 Minutes with Stormy Daniels. Got to carry over those those ratings, <laughs> brother. We We're not audience. going to the studio. We, there's no need to hear from Chuck. We got the audience. Let's let's keep it rolling. <laughs> yes. Um, Plus, it's something that they've been you know, highly publicized for a long, long time, or at least for the last couple of weeks. So they wanted to make sure they got to it and didn't push it back too much later than they had to. And I got, I got one thing. This isn't going to take over the segment, I promise. I just want to hear your, your thoughts on this. So we've talked about how Sister Jean is going to allow Loyola to license her, her name and her image. You'll see a whole lot more of that. Well, I was waiting for someone to comment on this, but Jay Billis has already done it. Uh, he tweeted this morning, this is all really fun stuff. It's a great story, and it's just business. But ask yourself, here it comes, why can't the players who made all this possible oh, take yeah. advantage of their worth in the marketplace also? Mm. Yeah, had to know that was coming. Uh, the story from Darren Ravel. It took 98 years and seven months of living for Sister Jean Dolores Schmidt to be asked this question. Is it okay if we license your name and image? <laughs> That's exactly what Loyola Chicago officials were doing earlier this week as a demand from licenses came in for, this, for the school's athletic department. And uh, the senior associate athletic director at the school says, we weren't going to do anything until she gave her blessing. And obviously she said yes. Yeah, obviously. All right, so we've, we've put it off long enough. I think we should get to this clip of, uh, Leonard Hamilton, of course, let's, let's set it up once more. Michigan was up 58-54, yeah. 11 seconds to go. Florida State chooses not to foul. They let the game play out. They, they just say, all right, we're, we're surrendering. We're throwing in the towel. The kid that had the ball was like a 85% free throw shooter perhaps. Yeah. He's one of the better free throw shooters on the team, let alone in the country. So they choose not to foul. And, of course, you got to ask the question, why? And, of course, he has to make himself available to them for this interview because of uh, NCAA regulations. So here he is, Leonard Hamilton, with Dana Jacobson, and she asked the question. Take me through the final seconds of this game. Why didn't you guys foul? Uh, what are you talking about? Down the stretch there, the end of the game, the final seconds, 11 seconds left on the do, clock. Do you think that the game came down to the final seconds of the game? I'm asking you, though, why that decision in the final seconds of the game? We, we, the game was over. You didn't think your guys could get back in it, put them on the line you if they miss those shots? I mean, but 15 seconds, uh, what, what, what were we down? Put them on the line, they miss a few shots. Coach, a four-point ball game, it's a question that the guys were asking at the end of our game. That's all I'm asking. It didn't come down to that in your mind. I thought they, I thought they did a great job. They had a great uh, game plan. They forced us into what, 14 turnovers in the first half. Uh, that was uncharacteristic of our team. And I think that you, you need to give them credit for what they did. Our kids fought their butt off to get back in the position, get themselves in a position where they had a chance to win. Uh, 
uh, and, and I just want to give them the credit. I thought our kids fought very hard. They had a great year. Um, the, the latter part of the game there, um, uh, we was trying to get a foul on three of their kids. Uh, a couple of those kids were 75, 80% free throw shooters. Uh, the guys who we wanted to foul, the obviously the opportunity wasn't there. Uh, but th that doesn't have anything to do with the outstanding job that I thought that Michigan did. I thought they did an outstanding job of holding us uh, to about a six or seven period where we just couldn't find a basket at all. They did a very good job. A great season for you, Coach. I know it's hard to look upon it that way, but knocking off three higher seeds on your way there. What did you tell your guys in the locker room? I just told them that we have a lot for them to be proud of. I mean, they did a good job uh, throughout the whole year. I'm very proud of them. Uh, they uh, had a really, really fantastic finish to a, a year that they all have grown. And the most important thing is that just about all of them are back. Thanks for the time, Coach. All right, obviously, you know what side I side on this, but I do feel sorry for him being in that situation. I will say this about Leonard Hamilton there. He almost nearly walked yeah, off after yeah. the first 15, 20 seconds. He did rally, though, and try to attempt to try to explain himself there. Yeah, give him credit for that because there was, like you said, there was an instance where he, when she first asked that question, it was like he knew it was coming, and he was like, are you well, really? I don't know if he knew if it was coming or not because he didn't handle that he part was, of Well, he well. was like, are, How much are, are you, we he was like, are you really asking me this? Like, are we really going to start off with this? And he was starting to, to walk away. But like you said, he came back, regrouped, and, and, and if looks didn't could really kill. answer that question. But and, and it was so cringeworthy, him you know, moving forward and just the stare down at that point. Yeah. But, listen, she did a good job. She she wasn't um, – she asked the right question. She should have asked that question. Um, and she – I thought she pressed well. Yeah. Like, she continued to yeah. press it without being disrespectful, yeah. right? And uh, so that, I thought that was a good job by her. But um, ultimately, you know, you got to – you have to be ready to answer that question because, like I said in the you know earlier in the show, we've seen time and time again where teams have rallied and came back from much worse circumstances. This was only a four-point game. You know, even if they, like you said, even if they hit those two free throws, it's still a six-point game with 11 seconds. Mm. You yeah. know, there's a lot that can happen in 11 yeah. seconds in basketball. Yeah. Louisville, Virginia, earlier <laughs> yeah. this year. That was five points yeah. in how much time? Like a second or two seconds? Yeah. Uh, so he did issue a statement yesterday. In the minutes immediately following, I was interviewed by Dana Jacobson of CBS. I did not initially respond to her questions and as I would have liked, and she was doing her job in asking them. The combination of the drama and the raw emotion of athletics and the critical analysis of it make for compelling television, but not always for level-headed interviews with the participants who must immediately manage both. I wish I could have done better. Then he goes on to say he congratulates, of course, Michigan on their effort. And I'm glad he came back and said that. And, I, and listen, I, I get it. You know, you just lose – a ball game like that. Probably toughest loss in your career. You have an opportunity yes. to go to the Final Four. Exactly. And then immediately, and you heard, heard from Coach Keith Richard a couple minutes ago, uh -huh. right away you got a microphone pressed into your face. And, I mean, all that emotion going through you, sure. all that adrenaline, and, of course, the heartbreak of a loss like that. Sure. But it's a question that had to be asked. And, I mean, I don't think he really gave that great of an explanation on he why they even, did not follow. No, he didn't even really answer that question. He started giving them credit and talking about other things. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I, I think that's 
he should have been more prepared for that. I, know, I understand that you're in the heat of the battle, but you got to know if you choose not to foul there, you got to know you're going to hear it from your fans and from the media. You got to answer that question why. And sadly, the way this plays out in today's world, this is the course the storyline following the game. It's not about how well Michigan played. Yeah, well, of course, that's that's yeah. it was a it was a awkward interview yeah. um and I think we tend to to go toward that. Well, this is the other dynamic of it. And I, I watched SportsCenter on Sunday to see how this would play out. Yeah. And, you know, you're only allowed to play a certain amount of footage from CBS Sports and the NCAA. So you have to kind of use it as a, a puzzle sort of be. And, of course, they use the majority of it for, on the Loyola game, and rightfully so. So then literally the only footage that they showed from the Michigan-Florida State game, the coverage that I was watching, yeah. was the final 11 seconds. I noticed that too. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's – So Michigan really got the shaft on the deal. They are in the final four, but in terms of overall national coverage and how a, a, a certain segment or two plays out in Sports Center. Yeah, but also, I mean, I, I think if you're missing, you kind of like this just because you can let Loyola – have all the press you can let them carry that burden and mm -hmm. then you go in there and you just knock them off and go into the national championship game the country right now cannot get enough of loyal Chicago. they shouldn't yeah. and listen I, i'm still okay with sister jean like i'm still okay with her being thrust upon us well what else are you going to say jake if you turn on sister jean <laughs> the <laughs> ultimate heel turn if you turn on a lady that's 98 years old and well, seven listen, months I, I, well I, I don't care about all that i'm i'm saying like if i'm usually if i get tired of something i'll i'll definitely voice it but right now i'm like i'm, I'm cool with it just because i love that one underdog I, this is let's play it out how i wanted it to you've got the one underdog in loyal chicago and you've got some heavyweights surrounding them this is this is the what the perfect scenario for me mm. because now you can have whether it's Villanova or Kansas you've got a proven winner you've got a proven commodity because Villanova just won the championship two years ago and Kansas we all know what they've done in basketball so I mean you know and, and Jay Wright and Bill Self are two fantastic coaches so you've got the the favorite right there and then if Louis Chicago can get past Michigan, I don't think it's as easy as you're, you're trying to make it out to be. I, I still favor Michigan. Well, Michigan's favored by five. And, and I might still take Michigan with those points, yeah. to be honest with you. I mean, I just think that highly of Michigan. But uh, if they can somehow get past Michigan, man, this would be fun to watch. 888-993-7762, the 7 o'clock hour in the books. Big show coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, including Jack Thickpin joining us after the break, and then Nick White, the voice of the Warhawks, at 8.30. Your calls, your texts, of course, always welcome. The Morning Drive, the 8 o'clock hour, right around the corner. Thanks for listening to the best of The Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.